Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Magical Realness, a Blythe Mitrals podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Marie, a life coach, podcaster, designer, and the founder of Blythe Mitrals. What you need to know about me is that I'm a little quirky, V-spiritual, crazy chatty, and uber passionate about living in true alignment and the art of simpatico. I believe deeply that magic is real, potent, and rooted in choice. Magic is all around us. All you have to do is choose to see it. Dive in with me as we look at actionable steps, books, and conversations that help you live a magical lifestyle in which serves you. We're currently in the season Cues for Your Sense of Eye, where I, alongside some beautiful, inspiring, and soul-enchanting expanders, (laughs) explore what lights up your ego, how to embrace your shadows, and how to set yourself up for an authentic experience of success, meaning living a form of success that you define a form of achievement that allows you to live your version of a wholesome, fruitful, and worthwhile life. Just so you know, real quick, throughout the episode, I'm going to sprinkle, like the sprinkle on your favorite sugar cookie, fingers crossed, (laughs) a few announcements here and there. I know ads can be cringy, but really it's just my attempt at sharing some really fun and elating Blythe Mitral's updates without overloading you at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) I hate that. So with that warning complete, I say, finally, let's get started with today's episode. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I am jonesing. I am jonesing for this episode. Uh, In advance, it might be a bit of a hot mess. Uh, I'm not really sure. This energy that I am in, man, I am ready for it. And I also want to bring that compassion, right? Because talking about our shadow and embracing our shadow is not an easy thing to do, right? So I want to bring compassion for it. But In full transparency, I am just ready to go a ham in that space. I am excited to go there with you. I am excited to get down to the dirt, to get messy, and really look at the ways that we punish ourselves for having shadow and looking at how we can step away from that punishment and step into compassion, love, and excitement to not feel great all the time. (laughs) So I'm definitely someone who has been in it for a minute, right? Being in that shadow space and loving that shadow space. And I'm going to do my best to kind of bring in inner Brittany Marie, bring in younger Brittany Marie, and allow her to bring that compassion, bring in a little bit more awareness so that way you can embrace the excitement that present me and future me is so like jonesing on to get into the, to the dirtiness of, of your shadow. (laughs) So, ooh, 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 let's do this. Engaging in your authentic self, right? Your sense of I, that is what we've been really exploring and talking about here and what we have been 
are allowing ourselves to embrace. So within this mini season, right, there are six episodes and we are in episode four. And the conversation is really going to pivot after this episode. So consider this kind of a, a foundational um point, if you will. And I hope it's one that you can carry in your pocket and one that you'll be able to save for later and come back and listen to because I've got a lot, a lot of gems uh, to share with you today. And one of my, my new favorite things that I love talking about my clients, which are shadow triggers. We'll get to that at the end of the episode, but for now to get things going, right? Uh, as I was saying before, engaging in your authentic self, your sense of I, you know, engaging in those resources, the acceptance, the love, and the compassion for not just the light, but the dark of what makes you, you. That's what it means to engage in your authentic self, right? You can't have the light without the dark. There is no light without the dark. You know, you can think of it like yin and yang or I'm not a Star Wars fan. Yep, that's right. Spoiler, I don't like Star Wars. I think it's ridiculous. I'm not a fan. I like the next generation of Star Trek, but Star Wars, I'm just like, oh. Anyways, not the point. But, you know, you can look at Star Wars, right? There is no there is no light without the dark. I think they take it a little bit differently, but not a big deal. So, you know, it, there is both within us. And shadow does not need to be a bad thing. In fact, it is not. And I'm just really sick of people talking about the ego as if it is this evil thing. It's not. This inner critic stuff, it's a part of our shadow and it's a part of our communication and it's a part of the way that we try to protect ourselves. And that's something that we want to embrace, not in the sense of let me listen to that and really feel like the imposter or, you know, dive into the traps of comparison or feel unworthy. No, but it allows us to really face what's at the root, right? Like what's holding us back? What's not allowing me to engage in my truth and my alignment and really what makes me feel like me? Because that is the alignment. What really makes you feel like you, your truest version of you, right? So embracing both sides is pivotal. Now, that means that it's to dive into shadow work, okay? And I know that I've been like diving around in this and talking about it, but I think in this capacity, because of how much we're going to be looking at it, it would be good to define it a little bit more um, instead of just talking about it in round circles. And I wanted to bring a definition by the Three Moon Collective, of which I am a member, and both Hannah and Emily, Hannah is the founder, Emily is like her partner in crime, kind of, with Three Moon Collective. Emily's really cool, so is Hannah. Um, They have their own definition of shadow work, which is taking the subconscious beliefs formed in childhood or other parts of ourselves that we reject, our shadow, and learning how to accept and integrate them to show up as our whole adult selves, right? So really looking into the things that you hate about yourself, right? Looking at the things that you wish you didn't possess. Look at the memories that you wish you didn't have. Um, Look at anything that doesn't bring you joy when you think about yourself and your past life. And allowing, again, that compassion, allowing that love to to surround 
those experiences and what has occurred before and look at them as areas that you were able to grow from. Oftentimes we try to bypass, uh, bypass big time, those parts that we don't like about ourselves, right? We try to bypass the shadow. And again, it's not a good step, my friend. It's not a good step. And it's not to shame you. It's not to put any pressure on you. But when we do that, you are ignoring your authentic self. So you can't really engage in your authentic self, right? You can't engage with your true sense of I because your dark, your shadow, what you don't like about you is just as much a part of you as what you do like about yourself. And so instead of spending that time hating or disliking or loathing or bringing any kind of those intense, um, you know, disdain emotions, really bringing in like, you know what, it's not my favorite, but this is what it allows me to do. Or I have gratitude for it anyways, right? It's when we just, bypassing is when we just ignore what we don't like about ourselves or ignore that it's there or ignore that it happened. And it's just trying to only get to the light. And it's very much a place of trying to get to a destination and not enjoying the journey, right? And sometimes, I mean, and here's the thing, when we are growing, when we are evolving, when we are on our own sense of adventure, right, there are going to be times when it's not super great, right? Like think of a road trip, right? A lot of people, me, (laughs) idolize and really fantasize and go to that place of what it means to be on a road trip and to be on that adventure and that big open road and coffee in hand and good music or good podcasts and a toasty car and a blanket and, you know, stopping into like little corners and taking photos and just experiencing that big open air, that big open sky, that big open road, right? Ooh, 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 man, I am feeling it, <laughs> Right? But here's the thing, not every part of a road trip is great, right? Like your body kind of, you know, gets kind of locked in place. You know, you may have poor circulation. You don't always eat the best foods. You know, you may run into money problems because you're not at home. And so, you know, bank systems, um, you know, you may run into car issues, the hotel that you, you know, uh, made a reservation from isn't as nice as you thought it would be, or they have all these extra fees you didn't know. I mean, the list could go on and on, right? Or like you didn't double check to make sure the park was open and the park that you were going to was closed. I mean, there's so many things that can happen that are not great on a road trip. But here's the thing. When you go on the road trip, at least for me, my favorite part is not when we get to where we were set out to go. It's when we we're on the road, when we were on the journey, when we were listening to that music, when we were just connecting and vibing together, right? It's, it's not the start and the end. It's all of this stuff in between. That's what I reminisce about. That's what I love. That's what I love to be in. And so my point is, is that, again, when we bypass our shadow, when we bypass the things that weren't pretty, that allowed us to get to the pretty thing, right? The the end result, the joy. 
then we're not really able to experience all of that joy to the prettiness, to that end result. We're not able to really appreciate it because then it becomes too much about all of the good stuff and not all of the stuff that allowed me to become who it is that I am becoming or where it is that I decided to go. I hope that makes sense. And just in case it doesn't, if I'm being a little bit too vague for you, right, (laughs) something that I can do now and again, is, you know, let's do a quick exercise, right? And let's do an exercise about something that you don't like about yourself, that you really, really just are not into. Maybe it's your nose, right? A lot of people do not like their nose, right? Um, Maybe you don't like that you don't have a certain amount of money, that your bank account is dry, right? Maybe you go to quick tears. Maybe you don't like the sound of your own voice, right? I could go on and on. Whatever it is that you don't like about yourself, bring that into the forefront of your mind. I'm not doing this to punish you. I promise. I promise. Just think about whatever it is that you don't like and think about why you don't like it, right? What is it about it that just really just like irks you, that makes you feel unworthy, that makes you feel like it's just not good enough, that you wish it was better, What are those things? What are those features? Okay. Now, think about those same things and ask yourself if instead of wishing that they were different, can you really evaluate and look at them as things that you love about yourself or you love about your life right now? Are they things that you could really come to love? You know, um, for instance, if you don't like your nose, right, maybe you think that it's too long. Your nose is too long to your face. Well, a long nose is something that people really idolize about and that people can really, it's like a long neck. There's something about it that really elongates your face and allows you to draw in more shadows or um, more highlighter or, you know, um, more contouring. You know, it, it can be a... Uh, a way that you're able to play with makeup or, you know, you may be able to really emphasize your eyes and make them look bigger because your nose looks longer. I mean, there are lots of different advantages to having a long nose, right? So if that's your thing, if you don't like your nose because it's too long and you feel like it's not in proportion to your face, I would say take that as a sign up, right? Take that as a sign of beauty because you're able to highlight the other things around it. And also think about how like you're able to breathe through your nose. (laughs) Think about the way that you're able to smell and the way that you're able to taste food, right? The length of your nose may make a difference in the way that you're able to taste food. And so maybe you're able to taste even more savoriness or sweetness because of it. Okay. So like there's some, there's some bonus points right there. Right. Okay. Now when it comes to the money, right. If you are not loving the way that you don't have enough money, right. Maybe you could instead love what you do have enough money for, or the way it allows you to be creative or the way that it allows you to challenge yourself to keep pushing and to keep moving forward. And again, finding resilience that even though you don't have the money that you want, you're able to still live with comfort, with joy, with a sense of ease. So in that sense, could you love that you don't have the money that you have right now, that that you want right now? 
Okay, if you have quick tears and you can be ashamed because you cry too easily and you feel like you don't have a sense of control over your emotions, right? What if instead you took that as a sign that you are sensitive in a beautiful, beautiful way, right? I am one to quick tears and I used to really like punish myself or I just was really, I would bypass that I'm a sensitive person. I am a super fucking sensitive person and what that allows me to do is it allows me to connect deeper, more intimately, more significantly with the people that I surround myself, especially my coaching clients. So my quick tears, I used to be ashamed of them. I used to think I was a wuss. I used to think that I didn't have strength. No, no, no. To be able to be in shadow, to be able to be in emotion, to be able to experience in that moment, that is the ultimate strength, right? It's like the knight, right? The knight in shining armor, you don't want him. No, no, no. You want the, you want the knight in the rough armor because he gets down there and he gets in there and he understands where you're coming from because he's willing to fight the fight, Right? That is a signal of your quick tears. Your quick tears are a strength. They are a sign of resilience. They are a sign of willingness to get in there. Is that something that you could love? The sound of your own voice. Maybe you think the sound of your own voice is too shrill, right? Maybe it's too high-pitched. If that's the case, right, think about how when people have really shrill voices or, you know, in that, that kind of space, I... Love it. I love those voices. First off, they're so unique. Um, They're really personable, right? They are something that people will be able to remember and identify. And I think that they are able to actually invoke and communicate more emotion, right? The way that they're able to really just say whatever they're saying and to feel and to pull away and to have those waves of noises come from the beautiful voice that you have. Oh my gosh, please, please, please. The voice of your, the sound of your voice, no matter what it is, it's beautiful. It's unique. It's yours. So if you think it's too shrill embrace how it gets shrill and how it gets in that moment and maybe a sense of passion that you are experiencing. That is a wonderful form of communication. And instead of trying to avoid that and avoid the shrillness, when you embrace it and when you love it, you're able to connect and communicate on a much deeper level. So those are four very specific examples and that may not be what it is that you don't like about yourself. But again, I mean, really flipping the table. It's accepting that that's what you, that's the thing that you don't like about yourself and looking at how you can bring that love and compassion and how you can embrace it. How can you look at them as tools to lean on in your life and within your practices, right? That's what shadow work allows you to do. You don't have to necessarily allow it to always be in your life and always be consistent, right? Like for instance, you know, the abuse and the neglect that I went through, I don't have to let it be a part of my day-to-day life, right? Although because of the way that it's manifested in my body and to my gut health issues, it is something that was within my day-to-day life, but I don't have to look at it from that perspective. 
having the awareness that that's, that shadow was there and that shadow is something that I possess and that I experienced allows me to nurture my body more so though. If I try to keep them separate, the abuse and neglect and my gut health issues, I would not be able to cure and be on the path of curing my gut health. It, it wouldn't be possible because it is a manifestation of that shadow. So, you know, yes, it's hard and it's dark, but being able to have, again, love and compassion and a sense of embracement for those beliefs formed in childhood and what we reject about ourselves instead to, to pivot and lean on them as tools will take us so much, so much farther, right? And I've already been hinting at this, but here's the ticket, right? Here's the thing. One big way to utilize your shadow is to listen, to them and hear them as a form of communication. Mm, mm, mm. Is your mind blown? It might be, maybe not, but we're going to go on a quick break and right after that, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of what I mean of your shadow is a form of communication right after this. As you know, my friend, I absolutely love working with those who are ready to step up and do the work and being seen, being heard, and taking action. I find that I most align and identify with soulpreneurs, creatives, and dreamers. And being a part of this Blythe Mitral's community is such a gift. The simpatico I engage in is so, so, well, magical realness. <laughs> To engage in that further and lean into friendly, soulful connection and even our own form of networking, I am now hosting a gabbing event just for the solopreneurs, creatives, and dreamers out there, meaning you. I'm calling it the Blythe Mitral's Magic Hour. Exciting, right? You can consider this your monthly happy hour delivered virtually through Google Meet, my favorite place to hang out. Every time we get together, we'll meet with intention and elixirs are highly encouraged. In case you aren't sure what an elixir is, I know it kind of sounds woo and in many ways it is. Why? Because an elixir is an intentional beverage. Hashtag witchcraft. <laughs> After introductions, either myself or a special guest will kick things off and share a quick set of nurturing insights and hot takes to carry in your pocket and get the conversation rolling. The idea is to chat it up, my friend. And if you want to network one-on-one -on -one with someone in a breakout room, just send me a request during the event and we'll get you going. You never know where your next collaboration will be. Also, bonus, we'll have a contest during each call, pre-announced beforehand, and the winner will get a free tarot or oracle reading from moi. <laughs> Fun, right? And double bonus, if you are a part of the Patreon, you can get in for free. Ah! <laughs> So there's really no excuses. It's the first Thursday of every month between 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Head to the site show notes to grab your ticket and let's get gabbing, my friend. Do it now before you forget. I know I am always a forgetful Betsy about these things and I seriously don't want you to miss out. It's going to be a blast. Hashtag can hardly wait. Hashtag that is magical realness. 
my gosh, I make myself just die with laughter. And we're back. So yes, your shadow, just getting right back ooh, into it, into it, into it. Again, trying to have compassion, try not to be too excited. <laughs> but yes, your shadow is absolutely a form of communication. I want to go back to the nose example. Okay. I want to go back to the nose example as a form of communication. Okay. So you don't like your nose in this example because it's too long, right? And maybe you think that it monopolizes too much of your face or that it makes your face look out of proportion, right? So how can that in itself be a form of communication? If you are focusing your energy of not feeling worthy or not feeling beautiful through your nose, it could simply be a red herring in that you are bringing your focus to your nose because that from your trifecta, right? Sometimes our trifecta will convince us to embrace or like believe certain shadows because it's trying to protect us. But, you know, it could be a sign that you're living in comparison and that by putting your attention on you wish that your nose was better, it may be telling you that you don't feel worthy of being seen, right? If you make a bunch of excuses like my nose is too long, I don't like what it looks like, then, you know, then maybe that's a, that's a form of communication telling you that you don't want people to see you, that you don't believe that you're worthy, that you don't believe that you're beautiful or that you're enough, right? That your beautiful eyes or chin or cheeks, right? The other beautiful elements within your face, just as beautiful as your nose is. But, you know, the, the, the features that you like more aren't enough, right, to take you through. And so if that's the communication that we receive, then here's the thing. Maybe you want to take photos of yourself and you just don't because every time that you see yourself in a photo, you really, really hate the way that your nose looks and it just makes you feel so freaking low. Well, something that's really cool right now that you could be doing that seems to be kind of trendy um, in photography or maybe that's just what I've observed, but you know, you could look away from the camera or you could, you know, use a plant leaf and put it in front of your face. Or you could take photos from the neck down or the lips down or whatever that is. I mean, there are so many ways that you could kind of block your face or block those features so that way it's not within the photography that you're looking to capture, right? Especially if you're looking to do fashion photography, right? What's most important is the outfit, not the length of your nose or what you're, or your, you know, your face smiling in it. It's about the outfit and the elements that you've put in it together. So there are ways of, you know, looking at how can you move past this and how is this a challenge and, and how can you be in that moment of journey instead of that moment of destination, right? So that in itself, looking at it from that perspective, is how you can see it as a form of communication, right? Let's take it further. 
Um, you could do this for any any shadow that you have. It does not need to be that nose example that I, in full transparency, whipped out of my ass. <laughs> it could be for anything. It doesn't need to be features. It doesn't need to be money. It doesn't need to be quick tears or the sound of your voice. It can be things like where you lack motivation, where you lack follow through, where you lack acceptance, where you lack kindness, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. You can do this for any of them. Right. But here, here we go. Here we're going to the question of this episode, which is what are your doubts? That is how we're going to walk through this today. So what are your doubts? They are a form of communication. They are an opportunity to dive further into what it is that you really want to be pursuing and growing into within your life. Right? Right? Right. Okay. So what are your doubts, my friend? That is what we're going to be exploring today. Exploring within your sense of I exploring what do you doubt about your sense of I? Go ahead, go ahead, answer that. You don't need to do it out loud, but bring it to your mind, bring it to the forefront. What are your doubts? If you can't think of any, look at the butts you hold on to. Not the, not the booties that you get, you get next to, <laughs> um, but the butts that you do. Like, I wish I could do X, but that would be great, but, and so on and so forth, right? What do you, what do you kind of have objections to or where do you see, um, where do you see things kind of cut and dry, right? It's, it's really, when we look at what are our doubts, we're kind of really looking at what is the skepticism in self, right? What is the skepticism that you hold in both your life and yourself, Right? Let's go through a few more examples, okay? Like one, spirituality. Where do you have skepticism in spirituality? Maybe you don't believe the Akasha is real, but you recognize that astrology has been studied for a very long time, for centuries, and that, you know, it's definitely something to honor and to, um, you know, bring, bring heart to, right? So spirituality, right? Where is the skepticism in spirituality? What can you embrace? What can you love? What can you have compassion for? For instance, you know, again, if you don't have, if you don't believe the Akasha is real, but you know people who do, have compassion for them, have space for them, have an openness for them. What can you embrace, right? What is, what can you understand about your butts and about your doubts? And why is it that you believe the Akasha isn't real? Is it because you don't believe that you're worthy of going to the Akasha? Is it that you believe that you won't be able to open the Akasha? Why is it that you do not resonate with the Akasha? And it's fine if you do and fine if you don't, but really asking yourself why and where's the but and why is that a doubt, okay? Another one could be a relationships, right? Where do you hold skepticism in your relationships? Where do you hold skepticism in the way that you're able to form connect, uh, connections and you're able to really dive in with people and you're able to make something long-lasting? Where is your skepticism in that? Where's your skepticism in the government, right? That's huge right now, right? They fucking us over. It's huge. We got a lot of work to do. 
Where's your skepticism there? Right? And then how can you take action in that skepticism? And your money, for instance, or like how you spent your money. If you have skepticism in that, what can you learn from that? Right? Where if like if you are skeptical of the way you spent your money and that maybe you saw that there was a sale on Madewell, raising my hand, because that was me recently. Um, but maybe you saw that there was a sale at Madewell. And um, you had some money to spend, and so you just went ahead and splurged on that sale. And you're skeptical on whether or not that was a good use of your money, a good use of if that was as far as you could have let your money go, right? If you have skepticism there, the way that you could be questioning yourself is, where did that impulse come from? Why did I feel that I wanted to pursue that sale? Does it bring me joy? Did it do those clothes bring me what I need? You know, really looking at the doubts that I had from spending that money or you know, if you if you do the same thing the way that you spend your money and how can you improve that for later on, okay? Another example, this will be the last one that we'll look at, but you know, like your worthiness, okay? Your worthiness. Where do you doubt that you bring worth and contribution into this life? Where do you doubt that you have worth in this world? And I want to take this one to a different level because I want to talk about how I am. I want to talk about myself as, as the example, okay? And how I am incredibly hypocritical towards myself. Okay, this, this is my skepticism, this is my doubt, and my own sense of worth, which I think is really great for me to talk about because a lot of people regard me as this really confident, ambitious, go get them gal. And I love that. Thank you for seeing that in me and uh, regarding me in such a, such a space and capacity. But worthiness is definitely something that... Mm, I don't know if I would say struggle with, but something that I definitely, you know, need to to work with and go through. And and if you listen to my episode with Mallory Leon about, you know, demystifying witchcraft, she brought this, you know, we brought this up and, and explored what it means to have the witch wound. So it could certainly be a sense of witch wound, but in general, when I look at the hip, hypocriticalness of the way that I regard myself in comparison to others it's definitely one to sit with. It's one to to sit with and really just, man, feel it and really just try to have compassion. Because I do, what I do is I go to a place of, that's really great for Hannah. That's great for Emily. That's great for Esther. That's great for Becky. These are actually people I know. It's not a big deal. But these are, (laughs) that's great for Ari. Like, but that's not, that's not cool for me. Like, I couldn't do that. That's not, nah, I'd be an imposter. I don't see how I could get that done in my day, right? I I can be mean to myself. I can be really down. Like, I love that for them. And I think that we look at being hypocritical as something that we do towards others. But it's definitely, in my experience, something that I do to myself, I am totally cool with everyone and I'm like, you embrace you and you can do it and you can take on the world. And there are definitely a lot of elements in which I do feel that I can take on the world, but I put limitations on myself. I say, it's not possible for me. 
or I can only do this if I am able to get it done within these parameters, right? It's only going to work out if I have this sense of control because the risks are too high and it's not worth it, right? I'm mean to myself. I put myself down. I will act like I'm a piece of shit, you know, for doing something that a lot of other people are doing and we're just trying to do the best that we can, right? It's fine for someone else to be doing the best they can, but for me, I've got to be perfect. I've got to show up a thousand percent. I've got to be the ideal. And when I have that, when I have that sense of skepticism, when I have that sense of doubt towards myself, it's a doubt of worthiness. It's a doubt of my contribution being enough. It's a doubt of my own sense of fulfillment and the way that I am able to fulfill those around me, right? It is a lack of being in tune with simpatico. And that's what that tells me. That tells me that I am dealing with something that, and when it really comes down to it, that worthiness comes from the way that I was raised and nurtured when I was younger, right? That I can only feel good if I have a size two body, you know, if I have all this money and I live this materialistic lifestyle and I'm able to show off how cool my kids are and all these things. These are these are elements that I'm not trying to tap into right now. You know, I was raised to be kind of like this prima donna. And sometimes it's like if I am not behaving like this prima donna, someone that I am absolutely not then I'm not worthy of being seen or I'm not worthy of being heard and I'm not worthy of taking action in something. So that's me having to really let that live, let that lie, let that be so I don't step into the person that I am not, but instead I am stepping into the person that I am becoming, right? It's like a checkpoint. It's a reminder. It's a signal that There's something in my trauma that needs to be worked through and that needs to be set free that is locked within me and needs to fly away and go somewhere else. So that is the power of what it means to look at your doubts, to look at your skepticism, to look at your butts within your life, you know? So here's the question that I want you to hone in on yourself, right? Here's the thing. What will you regret not doing? Tie that with your doubt, right? Tie that with what you hold skepticism for. What will you regret not doing? Remember, as I said before, there is no light without the dark. So don't let the dark keep you away from the light. Because the dark is what allows you to experience the light. It's what allows you to hold on to the light and embrace the light, right? Here's another way to look at doubt, okay? As I said before, it's an opportunity, okay? Let me explain. Doubts as an opportunity, right? Doubts are an opportunity because they have an expiration date right? Perhaps they're true now, but maybe they won't be six months from now, right? And so with doubt being an opportunity, it's about resilience, which is my word for the year, by the way, but at any rate, right? Having resilience, facing your doubt, 
that's what that means. How can I push through even though I doubt this will happen, right? I, I, I'm fearful that it will not come to be. How can I push through and break the glass ceiling? How can I just fucking go for it anyways and carpe diem and take on the mess, take on the joy, take on the beauty and not look for perfection, but look for action? Where can I, I pursue that resilience? Okay. And will you regret not pursuing that resilience or will you regret not taking action sooner? Where is your greater sense of regret, listening to the doubt or following the doubt, right? Engaging with your sense of I, getting to the heart, right? It requires breakdowns and shatterings of the molds that keep us back from our truths. And that's what this episode is all about. It's, it's about how can you keep pushing through? How can you love? How can you embrace? How can you accept? And how can you, how can you look at all of this shadow as a form of communication and a sense of awareness of self, right? How can you push through your resilience and how can you push through what it means to embrace a life that you want to be living, um, I shared this in the beginning. I shared that I was going to, you know, give you the tea on what shadow triggers are. And this is the real sense of validation that I want you to, I want you to listen to. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's a ticket. And then we're going to say bye-bye for the day. <laughs> a shadow trigger is something that will repeatedly occur either throughout the rest of your life or, you know, ongoingly for a period. And it's when you kind of react in a re irrational way, right? Like maybe you overanalyze something or you are quick to tears or you get angry all of a sudden or, um, you know, you just get all of this excess energy and you're freaking out a little bit. Anytime that you kind of engage in something that's irrational and you do it more than once, this is a shadow trigger, and a lot of times we can look at them as behaviors that we really don't like, behaviors that we feel ashamed of, behaviors that we really wish we didn't have. And instead, I want, to, I want you to know that having a default shadow trigger is actually a really great thing. All you have to do is just accept it as a tool and accept it with compassion, the reason why it's a great thing is because when you have kind of the same default shadow trigger to something specific in your life, to something, you know, that kind of can be perceived as irrational, um, really big emotions, some sort of sense like that, it's great because then you know what to look for, right? When you really spend time looking at and analyzing why you behave that way, it's not about how can I stop a behavior? It's about how can I look at this behavior as a form of communication? What does this tell me? And when you experience it more than once, then you know what the communication is. You know what that signal is. You know what it means and how to embrace it. So just so you know, last note, that's what a shadow trigger is. And it's nothing to feel bad about. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to love. It's something to appreciate. And it's something to be grateful for. So if you have a shadow trigger, take it on, my friend. Love it. Experience it. 
and just embrace the fuck out of it. Embrace your doubts. Embrace your fears. Embrace what you don't like about yourself. Embrace your shadows and look at them as gifts for your sense of eye. I am stoked to be diving into some more soulful conversations within these next couple episodes. We're going to really dive in with some cool, cool people. And man, what a trip this has been. Let me know how you're feeling about the shadow. If there are more resources that you're looking for to really dive into that capacity, uh, please let me know. Please let me know how it's going, how it's moving, and let me know where I can support you and point you in the right direction. Shadow work is something to love and to embrace, and I believe in you, my friend. I'm sending you, I'm sending you that love and that compassion and that gratitude for being here and listening. If you've enjoyed this, share this on Instagram or wherever you hang out. Share it with your mom if you think your mom would like it. (laughs) Um, You know, share it with your peeps. Uh, Leave a review if you're so inclined. And yes, grateful, grateful, grateful for you, my friend. I will leave it here. I will leave you now. But until next time, it's going to be good. I'll talk to you then. Hello, beautiful. I want you to know that I am so grateful for your listens to this show. The Blythe Mitros community is growing bigger and bigger and having you, yes, you, be a part of that is so special to me. To give something back to beautiful you, I wanted to make sure you knew about my Notion template for building an aligned strategy for your intuitive business. It's perfect for solopreneurs and creatives helping you create your dream business. Oh yeah, and it's free, bitch. (laughs) Not only that, but the template is guided. I've got instructions, steps, methods, a walkthrough example, and even a video class on how to get the most out of this jam-packed space. Now, when I say jam-packed, what I really mean is that you get five templates integrated into one space. And this is actually the practice and template I use myself to stay grounded in who it is that I am becoming while living in a constant state of inspired action. It's glorious. My wish is that with this tool, you'll be able to do the same. No promises. I can't do that because it takes work. But with this template, I'm confident that the work will become so much easier. Remember, it's free. So just head to blithemitrals.com to sign up for an immediate inbox delivery and up your intuitive business game. Hashtag gimme, gimme, gimme. Hashtag that is magical realness. (laughs) 